three friends, one bottle, and a lot of topics. Like a cat chasing a laser pointer, we'll be all over the place. This week, Brady's retired, the Super Bowl, words, sound bites, and the truth, the Washington Commanders, and much more. So grab a friend, grab a drink, buckle up, and get ready to go all over the place. And if you don't have a friend, you can still grab a drink and hang out with us. We'll if be you your friend. Don't have a friend, grab more than one drink. You if grab you, two drinks, grab you, one for us. If you don't have a friend and you have a bottle, that is that is that is your friend. That's true. Carry past your cup of or your yeah. glass of here. Yeah, we're we're starting with uh, the Westland American Oak single malt whiskey. And Carrie was kind enough to bring an Ardberg Twelve. Is that right? No, Highland Highland Park Highland. Twelve. Yeah. Mm. Well, that smells good. So single malts, American single malts are, are a thing now. Lots of people doing them. They're so, good. So I read this thing. It was a meme. Cheers, guys. Here's so, the pod one part two. Pod one one B. One B. One B. There you go. So you read a thing? So I read a thing on the internet where a guy says, I don't know anything about wine, but I just go over the labels, and my wife asked me what kind of wine I wanted for dinner, and I said, bear holding China cap. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. It's uh, like how nice. I pick out my ties. I'm going to like that. I like that one. Mm. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. So for those of you who don't know, this is 1B. 1A was a resounding success. Uh, unfortunately, the file got corrupt. No <laughs> idea how or why, so that one is lost to history. So now we are at a different venue, getting 1B going. 1B. 1B, and we're off. Yeah. What do you guys want to start today? What do you want to start with, Carrie? You want to start with Brady? Uh, yeah, sure, because there's there's a lot that's transpired since uh, we talked about it last time. Talk right? to me. Yeah, yeah. talk yeah. to me, big yeah. sexy. Well, so he was, uh, for the first thing i realized was that it felt like espn was breaking a secret rule right they were yeah they were announcing things before brady was ready to announce them and they're like whoa okay, whoa, whoa, we, whoa whoa the media did what yeah well you know oh, exactly no and then he kind of tried to put the wet blanket on the fire no i'm not really sure if i'm retiring or not and then and then espn dug in even deeper so there were all the haters coming out saying what are you doing espn you're horrible people <laughs> uh and since then yeah they were proven right. So there's a conspiracy theory going around, and this is completely unproven. So hold hobo, it. you got to put on your tinfoil hat. First. So hobo Joe, don't hold me accountable for this. <laughs> but that Tom Brady was like talking to his wife, and was like, "So you're gonna retire this year, right?" And she's like, "Uh," and he was like, "No, you know, I'm playing at a high level." So she leaked it. I was like, "He's retiring," and ESPN was like, "Oh, he's retiring." He's like, "Oh, I oh, guess I'm retiring." I guess this is the end. And so this week he's been like, "We'll never say never." Like going, um, never say never. So, so I guess the question that goes with Brady's retirement, and we asked this last week, but we'll talk about it again now. Can you imagine? So he leaves. He's not forced out. Like he's not that he can't play anymore. He's playing at a very high level. Can you imagine walking away from something that you were good at, at at the peak of your or the height of your game, and just walking away? Can you just be like, all right, I'm done. I don't know. That's tough. That's kind of, I mean, so that's the, um, so I'm reminded of a story. Um, Margaret Thatcher, had she left a term earlier, would have rivaled Winston Churchill as the greatest prime minister England ever saw. She stayed for that last term and kind of messed up her record. Yeah. Um, 
but you don't have foresight to know. So you're just, I mean, it's always a guessing game, right? Should I walk out? But I mean, you could, you can apply that to almost everything, right? I mean, should I leave the job I'm doing? Cause I'm at the, the, at the top of the pre principal and now I'm just going to start messing up or, uh, you know, should I retire? I've been in politics like Nancy Pelosi for 123 years and it's time to get out. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you know that. I do think that if you're, if you're, your personal calculus of risk, if it's not worth it, then your heart's probably not going to be in it. Yeah. And you probably ought to get out. I mean, that's fair. You know. Yeah. And I, th- I think I agree with all your points. And I think also from Tom Brady's point of view, I think the hard part is that he still enjoyed it. But like the risk reward ratio, what else do you have to prove? You hold the most Super Bowl titles ever. You have more than any team. You have more for an individual than any franchise. You were playing at a great level. You've made more money than you can know what to do with. You get these kids at home, and you're kind of like, all right, I guess even though I'm still good, I don't have anything else to prove. I have no competition left in me. So you set a record that nobody's going to go touch. So you really got to leave. At least look for something else, right? Yeah. I mean, he could go off to be the, quite the Renaissance man, right? And he can start a oh yeah, I don't know, dance academy or. A dance academy? I mean, I don't know. Something, you know? Anything, really, at this point. Next week, Tom Brady's ballet classes. Do you see him being a commentator coming on to one of the networks? Yeah, dude. That's just so... He's not. So he's got his podcast thing going, right? So I think that's where he... He goes to the podcast. He he won't work for a network, because he he can't say what he wants to say on a network. That's a good point. I mean, we've seen... He probably can't afford him anyway. That's true. We, I mean, we've seen more out of Tom, like, the who Tom Brady is over the last two years of him being in Tampa Bay than we ever did with him. And so, like, do we really want to get, like, put that Tom Brady back in the closet if he goes to a network? Right. Can't have an opinion, can't yeah. say, you know, can't stoke fires, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So. Definitely not a network in New England. <laughs> so we, have, we, have we settled that? I mean, he tried to make nice after a while, but, I mean. No, he's, it's, it's still a in-your-face there is some thought, yeah. There is some thought that he would sign like a one day contract and retire as a Patriot, but yeah, I don't, I don't think he's gonna do that. I think he's, I think he's done. And the, I mean, there's also a rumor that he goes to San Francisco and plays another year. So the, literally, there's you flip a go, go get a Ouija board. You know more yeah, about yeah. what he's gonna do. Yeah, yeah. So it's crazy, but the fact that it happened in Super Bowl week is kind of funny. That is interesting. So, so do they talk about that all Super Bowl weekend, do you think? I mean, they even the announcers? Well, they could. It's an easy topic. I, I think it'd be fun to hear them talk about the offshoots of the Brady retirement. One of the things we talked about last week, we'll talk about again, is parody. So does this mean now that Tom Brady's team no longer dominates, and that there's more parody in the league going forward? We saw, you know, Kansas City had a great year, but and so did Buffalo. Yeah. You know, and so did Cincinnati. And those three teams kind of came together. You know, three, two of the best playoff games we've seen in a long time. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the year, hey, do you think the Bengals, the Chiefs, and the Bills, you know, will get to the playoffs? Like, uh, um, Kansas City probably. So yeah. I just want, I just want it to be more parity going forward now. Yeah, I think it, I think it definitely opens. I, I think from a fan perspective, I think more people are going to be interested in it because, I mean. Uh, two things can be true. I think Tom, what Tom Brady has accomplished is immaculate, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we're just tired of it. I'm tired of Correct. being like, sure. dude, Tom Brady's in another Super Bowl. Tom yeah. Brady's in another Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I think. So, what's the old saying? Th- those who can't do teach. 
Yeah. You know, so I could probably see him coming back as a coach or trying to. Yeah, I don't know if he would coach. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, you see this. So we're gonna cross sports for a second, but like Michael Jordan, greatest basketball player yeah, ever, yeah, right? Yeah. Now he's a GM of Charlotte, and he's been awful at it. I mean, all the accolades in the world, you're an awful GM of Charlotte. You guys can't win anything. So it's kind of like, do you want to? Do you want to ruin that? I, th- I think he does something outside of football. I really think he comes out unless he buys a team. So right. there's w- a there's a spot for the personal discussion. So if you are Tom Brady, arguably the best quarterback who's played the game, could you imagine coaching and looking at a quarterback? I mean, how, it would be very difficult. I think to go. How can you not see that read? How can you not? Did you read that defense? I just, I just wonder if that's it's probably not consciously. Yeah. Yeah. So, is it a perishable skill though? In, in other words, I mean, after time goes by, does he, does he know, lose man. that skill set to be able to? If you, if you're coaching, you're in the game still. True, true. Your head's yeah. There. yeah, your head's yeah. there. Yeah, so I just wonder if there'd, there'd be a, if, he, if if it'd be difficult for him to be a coach because he's so good at the game. The best coaches weren't necessarily the best players. Yeah, you see that you see that consistently, but also at the same time, like he's got a crazy work ethic. He watches tape, like he. I think part of what people don't understand is that he basically said, "Okay, I'm going to have this family, but I'm going to kind of put it over here, and it's going to exist in its own little ant farm, and I'm going to go play football, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to watch tape, and I'm going to take notes, and I'm going to call my coaches at three o'clock in the morning, like that kind of dedication and work ethic." People aren't raised with that anymore. Like, you know what I'm saying? So if he's a coach and somebody goes, Well, I watched my two hours of tape today. Right. And though he's gonna go, We have we got a game on Sunday. He goes, but yeah, I yeah. watched my two hours of tape. Yeah. You know, we'll be fine. You're out of here. Yeah. That kind of take off the jersey. <laughs> yeah. I I really think he just does something. I, I could see him doing something outside of football. And we're back to the dance academy. Dance There's academy. Dance I I would attend Tom Brady Dance Academy. <laughs> I'd I'd pay to see that. <laughs> All right, let's put Brady to bed. <laughs> Enough put, Brady talk. Until he's, yeah, okay. Put Brady to bed. But where do you guys want to go next? I mean, I, there's, there are a lot of interesting things going on right now. And right before we came on, I mentioned to Carrie if he had heard the term blacksend before. Have you heard the term? Uh, so, no, uh, uh, tonight was the first time I heard that. Yeah, so blacksend, I'm reading from, uh, this is a CNN piece. Uh, what was the date on this? Let me see real quick, folks. The date on this was... Uh, February 8th, Tuesday. Oh, great. Yeah, Tuesday. I don't know where you were Tuesday. Here we go. Um, yeah, so black scent is a speaking in a way that mix, mimics or mocks black vernacular by a person who is not black. So I think black the the, la- the term before this was coding. Okay. So it's kind of like, you know, you show up and um, in a southern household and all of a sudden you're saying y'all. Or you go up to New Jersey and you're saying use, you know, um, just kind of adapting to the. Isn't that human nature? That it's part of human nature, but. Um, Blacksent. I don't know. Yes. I, I don't even know what to do. Well, make it's of interesting. This. So, well, we lived in England for three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, at the time, we just had two kids, went to school in England, went to school over there, and they adopted. They just started talking like they were Brits. They had a British accent. Is that. Well, what is that? That, that's foreboding in 22. I just, it, the, what got me about the whole topic was that we're focusing on black accents. I, I, I find it funny. So, have you ever seen the movie Be Cool with uh, John Travolta? Mm. It's the sequel to Get Shorty. He's like a Shylock. Well, anyway, Cedric the Entertainer's in it. 
and he, I'm going to spo- spoiler, he goes to kill this dude who, like, calls him the N-word, and he said, he said, we have influenced every aspect of your culture. We want you to just say thank you, man, and move about your day. <laughs> and now we've gone from taking pride in the fact that you have influenced culture to, you can't do that. Right, like, right. What? Yeah. So I think uh, last, uh, I, I'm sorry, we keep referring back to the last time. I'm not even sure if we did, but one of the things that comes to mind is the sense that, you know, if you're a person of color, you can use the N-word. Correct. You know, like rap artists. Right. And yeah, kids yeah. at clubs and yep. this and that and the other. But I remember being out at the amphitheater and, and some uh, rap artist on the stage, um, black guy invited some participants up on the stage, so diverse group of novices and then they're up there using the language and it's in the song it's in the song and then they kind of got a ration of stuff because there were white kids they were using the n-word and it just it's just this i don't know the again i do not think um the anecdote for what ails us is less language less less information less information i think it's more okay um, if if you're gonna have a problem with it, have a healthy conversation around it. Well, it it brings up I'm gonna use the English accent again. So it talks about um, the fake accent and cultural appropriators use when they mimic black people. This individual, Mickey Kendall, an author and diversity cult consultant, says black people have the accents, but we don't all have the same one. And yet somehow those two groups, the racist and cultural appropriators, always use the same accent when they imitate black people. I'm like okay. So when we imitate the Brits, most of the time we fall into a Cockney, right? When you inter- which isn't the totality of the UK. Which is definitely right? not the totality of the right. UK. Right, When we inter- imitate the Aussies, we go straight to Crocodile Dundee. That's right. Shrimp, slip them shrimp on the barbies. Exactly. Shrimp on the barbies. Call so that a knife. Is, is that racism? Uh, you know what? I'm so... Okay. I'm, so I'm, here, so by here, that here. definition, yeah, I'm not saying I don't absolutely. think it. But yeah. isn't that... And then what if, what if I mimic... I mean, what about Jamaicans? We, so, we imitate Jamaicans, man. Uh, you can imitate them if you want. You know who I don't hear people imitating? Trinis. Trinis. <laughs> I, don't, I don't hear people grabbing that accent and running with it. My Are mom, you upset with that, by the uh, way? No, not at all, okay. as a matter of fact. What uh, does that uh, accent sound like, Karen? I, I can't even fake it. <laughs> I can't even fake what? it. If you're interested, though, there are some YouTube videos of okay. like Trini sayings, and it's absolutely hilarious to me because I understand. So I came here when I was six. Okay. So you I lost culturally appropriated what I found too, um, and lost the accent. Um, I don't. I don't think that uh, if you if you use a word too many times, um, I I used to chide my daughter who would watch like The Voice, and every actor after they turned or um, judge after they turned around in their chair is that the right one? Mm-hmm. The Voice when mm-hmm. they turn around in the chair. Then, I love you. Mm. And I'm like, you don't even know that person. How do you love them? Right. And so, so we're at the point where we're using love all the time. That's because, well, think about this. We can draw on our Christian roots here, right? The three types of love, eros, agape, filio. Right. So we And they, Valentine's Day. That's right. I'm going to throw you out the window. Valentine's Day Thanks sucks. for bringing up such a pain. Hey, it's the one, one day a year you can tell your, your special one that you love them. So, twice. I have to do it on her birthday, too. So, oh. yeah, but Valentine's Day is mandated. Oh, yeah. Anyway, point being is that the, the Greek language developed nuance amongst 
you know, levels of love. Right. We as Americans are lazy. Well, the English language is kind of lazy, right? I love chocolate and I love my dog and I love my wife. And those are three different levels of love. And yet, how do we... So I think the same thing that, that you're talking about, kind of this conflating yep. of three separate into one, is what I see occurring around um, the accusation of racism. Correct. Right? I agree. So, uh, you know, if you happen to like fried chicken and collard greens... You're probably being racist, Chris. Okay, <laughs> if you are, you know, if you're, um, fun fact: uh, fried know, chicken just, is my favorite dish. I got you. Yeah, you know, but, but clearly you're a racist. <laughs> clearly, so, uh, but there's so, and I'm now I'm even hard pressed to find them. But I mean, it seems as though every second you turn around, it's racist. So when you when you do things like that, like love, right, over and over again, you wash down the importance of what the word really means, and it, it kind of becomes um, nonsensical. And it's the same thing with race. At this point, you can call people racist, and they're like, "Okay, whatever. You know, what? I'm just gonna go put yeah, on exactly. put on a mask. Yeah. Or, I, you know, start a dance academy. Start a dance academy. That's the way to do it. Yeah. So the the to, to dig further in this talks about <clears throat> uh, it's about so black scent is about cultural appropriation apparently, which is the act of adopting customs from another culture without the proper level of respect or acknowledgement. And again, we'll go back to the English Cockney accent. So what does it mean to give the proper level of respect and acknowledgement when I do a bad Cockney accent? Don't even go there. Okay? Here's the problem. But it's their definition. Yeah, I hear their definition. It's set up so that none of us can ever win. That's true. You 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 can't plumb a well deep enough. That's a good point. To come up with the right. So what you're saying is, I can never give the proper level of respect, and I can never give the proper acknowledgement. That's right. No matter what. Because if you if you didn't do enough for me, I can you know dime you out, and that's the end of it, right? So it keeps the race baiters in business, and um, and the division flowing between people where it ought not. So what about the the black person who has the accent? That is how they speak, and then imitates the standard white, you know. Does it go both ways? Is that racist? I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, I think, I, and this is going to sound very simple, but I think I think there's two types of racism. There are people that are actually racist, and there are people that are, for lack of a better phrase, and kind of sensitive-skinned as far as, like, everything is racist towards them. I don't think I don't think in this day there, there are racist people out there, don't get me wrong, but I don't think people set out with malicious intent to be racist. I think there's a lot of hateful people that sometimes the two can be confused, but... I don't think people sit out and be like, you know what, today I'm just going to go be racist. I'm going to go put on my white coat, and I'm going to go march around downtown. Are you I, talking white sheets or coat? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a, that, there you go. There's your naivete, right? There's not a coat. It's actually sheets. Okay, so here's the problem I think that this, is, this really draws on. Um, this is continually, perpetually divisive. Correct. And at some point... You can't continue to stay here. You can't right. live in victim land. At some no. point, no kidding, you're going to have to get up and go do, I don't know, fix a fence, you know, hug your kid, do something else. And you just can't live in that forever and a day. If that's your focus, it's going to be it's going to be depressive. I think there's, to circle back around to sports for a second, I think, and Though we kind of got caught up in it a couple of years ago and it kind of got off track, but I think there's a lot of people that just go out to be good people 
and like good athletes and good at what they do, and they don't really right. don't. It's not a skin color thing. Right. I mean, it is when I guess the situation calls for it. But like, Michael Jordan was never known as the best back black basketball player. He was the best, right. and everybody wanted to wear his shoes. They didn't care about his. They wanted to imitate that game. You know what I'm saying? And you kind of see it. You see it now with people being like, "Dude, I want to be able to shoot a three like Steph." Not. I want to be able to shoot a three like that black guy, Steph. It's just, I want to be able to shoot a three like Steph. So you kind of see that a lot of people, uh, I think athletes do a good job of just, they're just impressive people. And then we just want to be like them. So I, uh, I hate to drag, can I drag politics into this? Go this for it. This is kind of the whole Biden picking a, a black woman for Supreme Court justice, right? That was the moment he did it, it uh, or announced that, I think he probably thought, Ooh, can I just you know suck those words back you in? Thank you. Is that self-aware? Well, maybe he wasn't, but maybe okay. his staffers were, yeah. right? Because I, the vast majority of us are looking for a qualified jurist, and if it happens to be a black woman, well, hey, look at that, it's a black lady. Yeah, you know, I um, I particularly enjoyed all the Latinos and Asians going. How about a you know an Asian female right. justice? So, the again. You can never win this never argument, win argument, right? You, this right. will go on and on and on. And so um, how about we just look for... The most qualified. The most qualified. But see, even that is... Depends on who's sitting in, in the... Who's controlling the seat, right? Right. Yeah. Or, or even in the statement... Uh, I hate to bring in CRT, but even the statement that we're looking for a meritocracy where, you know, where, you know, the cream, no pun intended, rises to the top, the qualified individual... Gets to the, the position right, over right. over uh, identity, whatever. Correct. Um, even that kind of general statement in a in a CRT kind of um, paradigm is racist, right? So again, you just never win. Yeah. Uh, at the end, I do think though that um, either we advance the cause, people really become. Worthy of the merit, and uh, and that's the that's the important thing. Like Dr. King said, right? It's the content of your character, not the color of your skin. Or we just live in this quagmire for a while. Sorry to put a pall on things, but uh, you know, I come up from a uh, time frame when Ebonics was the big thing, and uh, and everybody was trying to celebrate Kwanzaa, even though we didn't know what the heck that was, and um, yeah, and, you know all. At the end of the day, people, I don't know. I, I really just don't have the energy because I can I can spend time sure. on that or I can I can right. put food on the plate. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I don't know where I heard it, but at one, time, it, at one point in time, everybody wanted to be king of the mountain. And then at some point, the group of people were just like, well, I'm just going to make my own mountain. I'm going to just call it unfair that I'm on the same mountain as you. Right. And so why don't we just all climb the same mountain? Yeah. To... Uh, <clears throat> Follow the rabbit hole off of this topic, which is sports related, though. We talk about, um, I guess we're talking about lines, standards, in a sense. The idea of we're looking for the most, you know, qualified athlete. And yeah, if no one says we're looking for the most qualified black, then we don't have black football right. and white football. We have football. Right. Okay. So let's talk about uh, swimming for a second, if you know where I'm going. Penn State, Leah Thomas, the trans. Oh, yeah. I don't even know the latest version of that, right? Yeah, well, you know, this is this is a big thing. This yeah. is this is one of those things where I think there's a certain group of people that you would expect to be up in arms about this, and they're not, and they're either afraid or hypocrites. And those are the people who fought long and hard for women's, women's rights and rights. equality. Yep. So this is the this is the male 
Correct. Got uh, A's at Harvard. Swimmer, yep. And then became a woman, became, you know, did the whole transgender Correct. thing, and now is competing as a female Correct. sports after X number of years of. I think it's like less than two years. Less than two years, yeah. Muscle building and all those things. That yeah, after an entire career of muscle building. Right. And now, to switch. Well, and, and to be honest, the biggest <coughs> differentiation, from what I understand, and I'm not a doctor, but from what I understand is that once going through puberty is the biggest diversion. Once, once you go through puberty, you are set, essentially, and you have that you know, biological, biological advantages that women don't have the way we're made so even though you go through hormone therapy you're still demonstrably different right uh and i, and I find it really odd that you're not seeing the whole women's rights movement up in arms about this i like, mean you're destroying to, women's sports in, in a sense to be fair you do That's see it it, it, it yeah i mean you do i mean you read about it sometimes in the in the paper and articles and whatever and the people are like hey wait a minute like i'm all for women's rights but now you're adding a whole new faction to this thing and also you're not you're you haven't you have a leg up if you to me it's like taking steroids it'd be like well this woman took steroids and have, have you seen the movie dodgeball mm-hmm. yeah and that scene where the girl scouts and then they like pan over and it's the big muscle bound like beaver teeth <laughs> it's, you could dodge her wrench, you could it's dodge the same ball. concept yeah. to me it's like hang on wait a minute here yeah. exactly like you just cheated. Yeah. Like, you cheated. So um, I hear that a number of the Penn State ladies swimmers are not have, happy. They're not happy and have made like a public statement type thing. Yep. Um, um, then I heard that NCAA came out with a statement that each sport basically whatever the I guess they would abide with whatever the sports governing body said depending on the sport, right? But at the end of the day, it just it results in the same thing. Um, you have women whose records are getting smashed right. yeah. by guys who have decided that they're going to be. And this this comes back to, I think, what we were taught. Words, like I love, right? But you know, words should have meaning. So we should probably understand how we can differentiate between that kind of love. But... Me, the word man and the word woman, it's got meaning. Right. It's, it's, it's got a meaning to it. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the analogy, and it's always, it's not even an analogy, it's just it's just the statement. When we dig up bones, right? When we dig up bones. Yeah, I know about that. Right. You dig up bones, do you? you do the analysis, and what do you find out? Yep. What's, what's, what's the hip look like? Yeah. Male yeah. or female? Yep. Absolutely. Okay. And, you know. Ostrich. You may, it, it'd be great to have a discussion. Well, did that person... Like identify as a male or female. Don't doesn't matter at that point. You're identified male or female because of that that kind of difference. So I, I just wonder why we've we've moved away from. And maybe it goes back to Andrew's mountain statement. Okay, well I'm gonna form my own mountain and be king of it. This is so my in my world. This is what this means. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy though. It's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know, maybe again from a very simple standpoint of like, if you want to compete, you go compete against the best, right? You go compete against, and not that the women aren't the best, but like if you're a man and you're, you know, you've got a dramatic advantage, it's like going and playing, it's like Shaq going and playing 
basketball with elementary school yeah, kids and being like, I'm the best. Or even the WNBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's like, hey. So why not? Why not? Wasn't the NCAA form trans sports? Trans league? Yeah, trans sports. Right? You can do it. You want it? You want it? Great. But you're going to be competing with other trans athletes. Right. That'd be cool. Okay. I can see that. Separate them out and let them go at it. That's crazy. I mean, it's just, it's insane that we're having this conversation. I, I do feel that. And why uh, do, I'm sorry, go ahead, Kim. No, it's just a period of time where it's, I think it's quite appropriate that you've got, uh, you know, words matter. It's yeah. a period of time when we're trying to redefine a bunch of words. Yeah. And um, I think, I think after a while, we're just going to find that people are just frustrated with it and just say, you know what? I right. grew up learning English this way. And this is what that meant. And that's kind of what I'm going to keep doing for the rest of my life. Right. Stop telling me I'm wrong and I need to redefine things. Right. That, yeah. That's a good point. You ever wonder why we don't see it going the other way? So why, why, where's the female trans male playing Division One football? I mean, they, they just can't. Why not? Because they're, they're men now. Not 340 pounds <laughs> worth of muscle there, not. I'm yeah. just saying. But to be fair, though, there was that one girl who was now like a kicker at some school because she... Vanderbilt. Well, she was a female, though. She's, yeah, she no, yeah. yeah, she's an yeah. Ass, like a no-kidding female. Right, right. Now, the thing with that is, is kickers are... It's a physical game, right? Yeah. It's a physical game. They, yeah. and if, if they make a play on the ball, they're free game, right? Yeah, yeah. You can still tackle the kicker. You, you can still... We've seen plenty of football where the kicker gets leveled. Yeah. Leveled. So... Have we settled? Is is everybody over Chappelle now? <laughs> is he like back in the fold? Is he out in the wilderness still? Is a I mean, he's touring. GBLT trans community still ready to lynch him? I mean, yeah, what's him and him and Joe Rogan. That, you know, they're on the outs. But they don't care. People still think they're funny. They, yeah, they say it, things that people were like. I was kind of thinking that. Yeah, but I'm not gonna say. I was it. Totally think exactly. Of that. I was thinking exactly. the same thing. But I'm glad you can say because I can't and get this away with it. This goes back to Carrie's point: yeah. is that the the the, the ideal is always more discussion, not less. So if you've got a problem with Chappelle and Rogan, why not address them? Right. Why, why not create? I mean, Rogan will have you on his show. Chappelle will talk to you. Yep. As long so, as you watch his entire show. Sit down and and sit down and talk to them. Right. Yeah. But you don't get that. That's a shame. So this is a another piece of the, okay. So you guys got me on the soapbox. So beyond conflating it. words, um, the uh, move I think afoot has been to not think, it, not think through um, issues, and be dispassionate about them. As a matter of fact, the more you emote. The, the more accolades you get for your position. Well, emoting may feel good, but it doesn't, it, it, at the end of the day, you really have to have thought through some, some solid stuff. Right. So, for example, uh, and back to politics again, our, our first African-American female vice president uh, is, I, my, to my understanding, is going to travel to go and check out and maybe solve the um, Putin incursion into the Ukrainian border. Um, and I'm like, hey, you had the southern border thing to figure out. How'd that, how'd that work out, by exactly. the way? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Now she's going to launch into geopolitics. So why why do you guys keep stepping in poop? 
This is this is a self-inflicted wound. Now you know every conservative talking head on the planet is going to say, why are you going to take care of the Ukrainian-Russian border and ignore the American-Mexican border? Right. You're setting Russian. yourself up for failure. Exactly. So, but that's the, but I, I would proffer that that's what happens when you can't think through a problem critically and you're constantly emoting. Okay. I love you. I love you. No, you don't know me. My wife knows me. I hope she loves me, but I don't need you, you know? Yeah. Right. right so. All right, so say that again. What do you think the problem is? Again, I want you to hear your words again. The problem is not being able to think through, say, think through problems critically. Critically, okay. Yeah. So there's a, I would call it a corollary to that because it's very important, the, the ability to, to think. And I think, and maybe this might be above that. This is from Aristotle. I had to look it up exactly, but I didn't get the gist of it. It is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Ah. So the idea is, if I can hear, I th- well, let me back up, I think the fear is that most people today are afraid to hear something because they think if it's in their head, then they're thinking it. But if we can understand that you can take it in your head, play with it, look make, around, look look around think about it critically, yeah. and either accept or reject. Right. Yeah, I think we've lost that that nuance. I mean, that was the greatest part of our leaders, and I mean, I think of our Supreme Court, the far left and the far right were elected, and that those individuals could hear the arguments from either side, and then come to the middle, and they could go, okay, I've heard from this side, and I've heard from this side, and I've taken this from this side, and this from this side, and this is the middle, and this is the consensus right. that we're moving forward. Right. Now, people are like, well, I can't have anything to that side. I can't right. even hear that side. Like, you, well, you, you can hear them, and you don't have to agree with everything. If they offer five pages of of whatever, of their argument, and you take away two sentences, okay, at least you heard the argument. Or you take away no sentences, at least you heard the argument. So, go, Gary, go. You're smarter than I am, go. Sorry, I'm not, but uh, I'm thinking about Shelby Foote in Ken Burns' uh, Civil War series. Shelby says that the uh, the true genius of the American people is compromise, even though we, we tend to think that, no, we don't compromise. Correct. We, Correct. You know, we're just kind of pushing down one path. The fact of the matter is the only way you get to this experiment being half successful is our ability to compromise. Yeah. His argument was the moment that that broke down was the causation, one of the causations of the Civil War. Right. And I think that you're right. It's kind of happening now. Correct. Um, And and even to the point where, you know, this opposing political point of view thing, we used to be able to hear someone else's opposing view and, again, hold it up like you just quoted, kind of look at it and accept some, reject all, whatever, but walk away still thinking that, okay, you're still a human being, you still have value, and you're still an American, all of us, so let's just keep on moving. And for some reason, we don't, I don't see much of that much anymore. Yeah, it, we're just too quick to be right and wrong, and we don't realize that right and wrong is, is a, outside of right and wrong, that r- being right and being wrong is a, is a perception thing. Yeah. It depends on, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into, oh, I'm right or oh, I'm wrong. But and and um, I'm afraid. So I I don't. Hopefully I'm not doing too many um, kind of three level, three D chess things here. I I blame lazy politicians. Oh, right? absolutely. So I don't have to really mount an argument that convinces and sways and moves people. Therefore, I can just emote. But at the same time, I blame lazy citizens because if we were unaccepting of that. It would never work. Correct. Slowly but surely, we have become accustomed yeah. to mismanagement. 
and uh, and reelected on on some regular frequency, and it's kind of sad. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just gonna take it even one step further, and then you have people like okay, so the governor of California, right, for during the whole pandemic, totally botched it. Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom. And they were getting ready to get rid of him, and all of these celebrities got involved. It's like, okay, your mansions were fine. You weren't, we're not complaining about your mansions. We're complaining about the tent city in Los Angeles that he totally botched. Yeah. Let's get rid of him. And they were like, no. And so they, they took their social media and they spread it. The dude's still in office. And he's awful. He just made people lose their businesses, and now he's going to let the Super Bowl happen. Yeah. So, hey, yeah. dude. You don't, and you don't, you don't see a problem with why people were like, um, wait, what? He's busy hanging out with uh, <laughs> Magic with his mask off. It's all good. It's all good. Speaking of Magic, <laughs> that, was, a, that was an attempt at a segue. Nice job. <laughs> Way to go. Segue. Speaking of Magic. Oh, I had, a, I had a Jordan story. Oh, yeah, Michael Jordan. Uh, so was. Jordan, there, there it was. was, yeah. Jordan was asked, and I don't, I don't know if this is true. So, um, so I'd be, I'd be glad for anybody to tell me. Oh, that's a kind of, story. kind of mythic. Um, yeah, that Jordan was asked back in the day to do a political ad for um, the DNC, mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, you know, can you do this and this and that and the other? And he had just started his kind of sneaker business, was really taking off and whatnot. And uh, they asked him to do the commercial, and he said, uh, Republicans wear sneakers too. Yeah, he said that. So, yeah, that's an absolutely true story. And that's just, you know, that's that's critical thinking, right? Let's let's follow both paths down to its natural outcome and figure out what uh what we ought to do. Anyway, everybody ought to be more like Jordan or Shaquille O'Neal, who I think is also brilliant. By the way, super plug for it because I've been watching tonight Shaq Life. If if you get it, it's on oh, HBO no, Go. No. Dude, he's a beast. Shaq. He's, they go over and because it kind of ties in it. They go in the first season how he bought into Papa John's after that whole racist thing and people were like Right, there were people were tweeting at him and Instagramming at him that he wasn't black enough and that he was buying into the racist and stuff like that. He's like, "Hang on, this is how you get rid of racism. You come in and you change the culture and you put people in." And he he started talking about you how do he do the sl- hard work. Yeah, he slowly acclimated and he did the work and he went to the things and he talked to the people. And yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's 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 worth watching. He's a brilliant guy. He might be the greatest of all time. Now, well, I guess there's a fight between him and Jordan. Shaq's the greatest of all time. Come on, is he better than Jordan? Absolutely dominated. Like you couldn't stop. You couldn't guard Shaq. You literally I couldn't know. guard him. I know. You I was could in go Volusia, get Volusia County Mall. This is what they called it back in the day. I don't think they call it that anymore. Daytona Beach back in like I don't know, '92, and they had a display of one of the shoes for Shaquille O'Neal. And I remember fitting both my feet into this thing, <laughs> thinking, how big is this Jolly Green Giant? Don't get me wrong, Jordan's pretty legit, but I mean, as far as just pure greatness on the floor, you could not guard Shaq. Like, period, you just couldn't. He could get whatever he wanted around the room, and there was no way you were going to stop him. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. My uh, brush with sports greatness is, is not nearly as entertaining as that, but I'm in Atlanta Airport, Hartsville. And uh, walking down the the uh, hallway there, whatever, the gateways. And I pull over to the side because I'm checking something. And all of a sudden it got dark. There was an eclipse, I, I'm assuming. I turn around. It's Lex Luger. I'd stopped. 
the man was massive. Gang, the massive. I mean, it was it was one of those things where I'm like, what, where where'd my light go? And I turn around and he was just standing there. This is the jet like, bridge, the kind of no, no. This the, this was just in the oh, ga- in, the, in the gateway. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. And I'm just like, just like, like straight out, huge, massive wall of flesh, like brick. I'm That's like, amazing. <laughs> and I'm just, I just remember staring, going, he's huge. Do they make him that big? He's huge. <laughs> he, I mean, he wasn't the biggest guy, but he was huge. Yeah. Is your yeah. spaceship somewhere over here? What <laughs> what terminal was that at? It's like I, an instinctively American thing. Right? You know, I remember being. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go go go. I remember being overseas. And uh, I forget what, you know, we pulled into some foreign port or something like that. And um, and young people were, like, kind of chuckling over to the side. So we went over and, in our broken language, asked them what, what was so funny. And they were like, well, first of all, it's you all are Americans. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we are. And they're like, well, you're you're so loud and you're all so big. How do they make you so big? I'm like, oh, there you go. That is true. We are very loud. We are very loud people. Bacon and eggs. Bacon, Bacon and, and eggs. eggs. Sorry, Chris. That's okay. I had the opportunity to meet Jamarcus Russell. Where was this? Montgomery, Alabama. I lived there for seven years. His, The first place we lived, his uncle lived right next to us. What? And one Thanksgiving, he didn't. his uncle was a great guy. He would Every Thanksgiving, he would start the day prior and go all the way through. He would fry... 50 turkeys for people. And uh, he said, yeah, my, my nephew's coming up to visit. I'm like, oh, okay. Was, my nephew is uh, Jamarcus Russell. I'm like, huh? Huh? That man was big. Yeah. That was a big man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a shame that didn't work out for him, but it was, it was cool to meet him. He was a nice kid. Yeah. Got a picture with him and everything. Yeah, I wonder what it's like being that big. Yeah, I can't I mean, imagine. beds. Can you sleep in a bed? I mean, no, you, you know, got a custom bed. No. Custom bed. Shaq has a quote in his in the show. They go, they only make work. They only make workout equipment for small people. And he's like on this bench. Half of him's over here. Oh, this yeah, like yeah, three yeah. quarters of him's on the bench, and his head's off. He's like benching. It it looks like he's on. It looks like if you were to go on a Barbie set. Yeah, and yeah. Pretend to yeah, work yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Lord. Wait, are you saying that Carrie's a big man? Uh, compared to a Barbie set, absolutely. Right, compared to a Barbie set, thank you very much. You're welcome. So I want to bring this up since we're talking about nothing. Okay. The Washington Commanders. What is with that name? <laughs> That's what the team that Brady's going to buy, guys. Is that what Brady's going to buy? I'm, yeah, the Washington Commanders. Uh, Dude, they, what the? I heard Bob McDonald on the radio the other day, ex-governor, and someone brought up the Commanders, and all he said was, I was like, "Yep, yeah, there you go. That's all of Virginia. I don't know what Maryland's thinking, but I, uh, look, I'm I'm a Cleveland Indians fan. Yeah, and no, the no, change. You're a Guardians fan. No, I'm not a Guardians He's fan. Still a Cleveland Indians fan. I'm a Cleveland Indians fan. And the, what kills me is the 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 woke posing that went on with that whole thing about you know being on the right side of history and like. So what about the Indians, the Native Americans, who liked the name Cleveland Indians? Yeah. Right? If you find Chief Wahoo offensive, they had gotten rid of Chief Wahoo. They had faced him out anyway and gone straight to the sea, which is fine. What is wrong with the Cleveland? I, I don't... And people are like, well, you know, what if, what if they named the, the Cleveland Caucasians? Doesn't have the same ring. Now, if you... <laughs> right? Doesn't have the same ring to it. Now, if you had said, like, like the Cleveland Pioneers, that's pretty yeah. much strictly a yeah. white thing, yeah. is it not? So we okay. should go get a football team and bring it to Norfolk. 
we will call Brady because he's got a lot of time on his hands at this ballet yeah, school. Right. Yeah. And we're going to call it the Virginia Caucasians and yeah. see exactly how quickly we can make the news. <laughs> what, what is happening is we are forcing comedy out of our lives. I personally enjoy laughing a lot. Yes, you do. You okay? know what would be funny? I will attest as much that. as I possibly can. What would be funny? Is if we only allowed black people to play on this team. <laughs> the Caucasians. Yeah. <laughs> Top I, I'm to so, bottom. In my head, I'm trying to figure out what, what, what the logo, the mascot, what is all that going to it's be? It's going to be like... We have should seen... have the um, the um, the face of the sheriff from Blazing Saddles. Oh, yes. 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 Right? That yes, guy. Yes, yes, Absolutely. Yes. Don't call. shoot. Don't shoot. <laughs> all right. So, Hobo Joe, you got to call Brady. He's got a lot of time on his hands. And probably LeBron James because we're going to need some Hobo need Joe balance. doesn't have a phone but uh, <laughs> he can come, steal he one he can borrow yours he can, borrow, he can steal he can one send borrow simple. carries there you go old school Dude, Blazing old. Saddles would never get made today you couldn't even you, you couldn't, couldn't even you couldn't start Blazing Saddles you right? couldn't even pitch it you'd be you'd go in a room and be like oh yeah so I have this great idea <laughs> and they'd be like hang on Meshuggah <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I mean, there's so many mean. things that you couldn't do. I mean, right. even the producers, Springtime for Hitler in Germany. Are oh you my god! Me? Although you gotta give, do you guys watch South Park? Yeah, so I've, I've watched day, some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The South Park guys are just oh, they they don't care. They're yeah. just go. They so care. they stopped, right? They were like, okay, we're done. And then they were like, no, we're not quite done. And their their last episode, everybody's dressed up like Nazis, <laughs> going, yeah, dude. <laughs> Go, South Park, guys. So there's a guy in England, I think, Jason Carr, something Carr, comedian. And oh. uh, he made yeah, some yeah, yeah. joke about uh, the Romany, the Travelers, uh, and Hitler and whatever on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, you're talking. And now they're trying to, they're, he's on the Chappelle Road, man. Dude, but his comedy is all, like, really what's his, dark. What's his name, do you know? Carr, C-A-R-R, I think. You sure? Yeah, I don't know. Car? Uh, I'm going to take a look here. Um, but yeah, man, he is... Yeah. But now they want, at least in the argument that's being posed, uh, there's a desire to have Netflix censor such language. Oh, just Jimmy Carr. Jimmy he's Carr. fantastic. Jimmy Carr. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. hilarious. Oh my gosh, he's so good. Be- because, like Chappelle, like Rogan... He keeps pushing the envelope. Because he's saying what's in everybody's mind. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So... But my problem is now they've gotten, I mean, I, I think it's enough to be on Chappelle and Rogan and the others, but now there's this move, at least in England, to have Netflix UK, if that's what they're called, be the censoring agent oh for gosh, things like yeah. this. And I'm Why like, dude, company... you pay for this. Right, exactly. Just don't watch it. Stop. for yeah, it watch and it. don't watch don't it. Watch Just it. don't yeah. watch there it. There you go. Yeah. yeah. How about that? That'd that's be like, an idea. It, I'm circling, I keep talking about movies and TV shows, but like that episode of Family Guy where Peter goes and gets all of the... Um, uh, the, the Nielsen ratings boxes, he like goes and steals them out of the van. And so he calls up the network and they, he go, they go, uh, he goes, I don't like that show. Change it. And they go, no. So he turns off all the boxes, stops watching their shows. <laughs> I'm like, what were you saying again? Yeah. yeah. So, so that it's an interesting point of, of, you know, <clears throat> wanting the sports team to change its name, wanting Netflix to Censor, right? Yeah. Vice, why don't you vote with your own impetus, your right. own your own action? So, don't go to the baseball game. 
don't buy Netflix because you or don't watch that show on Netflix because you find it offensive. Write letters. Start yeah. A campaign. Exactly. Run yeah. for office. So here's the question. Why launch your own Netflix? Why Sorry. did they change their name? Because the, the did, were, were, were there people the, the commanders, commanders? Were there people going Redskins? I'm not going to argument. The argument was that Redskins was a derogatory name. Right, but 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 who made this argument? Did somebody oh. just call the Washington Complaint Department and go, so it's this, derogatory? This is the same problem with um, coding, or what did you call it? The black, black, the scent. black scent? Black scent, yeah. The arbiters of this stuff are, you never know who they are. Right. I mean, you see this on... They're in control of the blue check mark so, on Twitter. So, the, and, hate those guys. and the... the they love the you. The evidence... We love you. The evidence is given as the Native Americans who disliked the name Redskins. But equal voice should be given to the Native Americans who actually like it and were Redskins fans who wanted it to continue. Why? Why were? Why was that voice not equally as important? You see this, but you, I mean, you see this in the basic rabbit hole of the rabbit hole. You see this on the basic on the basic level, like in restaurants and stuff. When people come in and they go, so work for a sub place, and I'm not going to name it because you know whatever. Yeah. But so we not don't Subway. We don't heat. We don't heat up cold subs, right? They're sliced. We don't heat them. We don't have toasters. Okay. And people come in and go, well, I'm paying for it. I want to heat it. I'm like, but you're coming in and paying for this product. Yeah. Why do you want me to change it? Why don't you take it home and heat it? Why don't you take it home and heat it? Or, but they go, but they're like, well, I'm going to leave a bad review. They go, I'm going to leave a bad review. And then that one review, you could have This ice cream place didn't serve me frozen yogurt. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> But you see that you see that you're just yeah. like, dude, you're one person, and you're so yeah. loud and obnoxious yeah. that you're gonna drive us down this path of doing this because you just couldn't be like, this is what they do, and I'm gonna kind of get in line with it. You're just one person out of a hundred. Yeah, yeah. Just to the, to, the, to the same thing. It's like if it, if it was offensive to Native Americans, by all means, change. Okay, but now tell me, tell me, tell me, just that statement. Which Native Americans? Well, right, but I'm saying I'm, you can never you can win. win that exactly. If there was win. a consensus of like, let's just say we pulled ten thousand people and nine thousand Native Americans were like, "Hey, we hate this." Out of nine thousand, out of ten thousand, all right, do it. But if it's like we pulled a hundred people and one of them didn't like it, well, yeah, obviously you're taking the data and making it do what you want it to do. So my problem with this whole uh, woke thing is you can't spell it. Well, beyond that. W-O-L-K, right? It's like yolk. Well, it's woke. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll have mine sunny side <laughs> up, please. Um, is you're wasting energy in the wrong thing. You're putting time and energy in the absolute wrong thing. So, um, hashtag me too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Started mm-hmm. off uh, with a group of, um, not maids, but... Uh, Low-income ladies out on Long Island, right? Yeah. By the time it was said and done, it was wealthy white women in Hollywood that were benefiting. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it wasn't the people that it was actually supposed to benefit. I guarantee you that's exactly what's happening here. We talked about it last week, uh, but Alvin's statement is still true. Black people kicked open the door and then stood there and held it as everybody else came running through. Right? We are so inclined to kind of look at people's colors and skin color, and determine who they are by that, that we're not paying attention to what really matters. What really matters is who they are and where they're coming from and how I can meet them or maybe not meet them, right? At the end of the day, I think we will have exhausted this entire identity politics thing. And those identity or those identified groups 
people feel as though they have lost. Yeah. So I'll, again, because it's near and dear to my heart, BLM. BLM shows up every time a police officer shoots a person of color. Every time a black person gets shot by a cop, there's BLM. No other time when a black person is shot do they show up. So let me get this straight. You care about black lives or black lives matter one out of ten times. If you're shooting somebody in Chicago's south side, BLM doesn't care about that. If some kid's getting shot down in Florida and in uh, Volusia County or wherever else, they don't care about that. But if it's a police officer that shoots a black person, that's when they show up. Well, I got news for you. That is not the way to win over the black community, and that's exactly what they're discovering right now. So, uh, I don't know if you heard the news. No. What? $90 million given over the BLM in the last two years. $30 million accounted for, I believe. Holy cow. Uh, so that, I'm sorry, I said billion, I meant million, okay. I've had one too many to drink. So, uh, billion with an M. 90 million okay. dollars, billion with 30 an M. is accounted for in the operating budgets and whatnot, 60 million dollars gone, thin air, right? Who is going to benefit from that? I wait, don't wait, know, wait, but wait. I'm pretty sure I it, ain't, one. it ain't the single family mother, no, and, or the single mother rather, in, uh, in Brooklyn. It's all those people that not. like sold all that swag and all that got made all that money off of the yeah. all the other stuff. Right. They didn't forward the cause. They didn't help the people that lace up their shoes and right. go to work. They they help help the people that make them sales. So are we talking about crack pipes or no? <laughs> so do, I mean, do hang on. Good, so that good. so we'll that get there. Okay. Yeah. Because that's another one. That's well. That that's that is a canard, right? That that was a that was a a reach by people on the right to. You know, jab at Biden. That's how you. That's how you saw it. Yeah. So it's it's based on a health and human services program. Yes. Right. And the idea is is I got it written down right here. But the idea is like a safe drug type thing. It's not. It's not meant. There, as far as we can tell, there are no safe smoking kits and supplies, but there are no smoking movements right involved. So the piece that I saw, uh, I forget the group, it's a lobby group for basically, you know, smoke whatever you want to smoke. Uh, And they basically came out and said, this is bogus. They should have crack pipes in there. Mm. And uh, I'll get over the crack pipe thing, but um, the overall concept that to incentivize bad behavior makes it safer I think is a fallacy. I would agree with that, but I'm just, um, but the 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 grab at Biden is authorizing crack pipes for racial equity, right? right? Is is so, as equally egregious as the left glomming onto the steel dossier, right? But so I'm let me sorry. push back on you for just a second, yeah. just for the interest of pushing back. Push back. Right. Yeah, so sure. there are European countries that have like they have crack houses for people that are addicted to it. You can go to these houses and get your fix and you can be in a safe environment and then you leave. You think this is a bad idea? I think it's a horrible idea. Okay. I'm just I think it's a horrible idea because what do we, what do we, so 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 here's, here's, we we can, we can run down that road, right? Yeah. So the philandering husband, we have, we have, you know, motel sex, getaways, philandering houses, getaways. Yeah, exactly. Total anonymity. You can go there and do your thing. And what does that do to the fabric of the family? I'm not saying that it's necessarily... I'm saying you can see... I can see it from two points of view. I, I personally don't think it's a good idea. Right. But I can see the, the argument of 
addicts are going to be addicts on the streets or they can be addicts in a building with safety and whatever. What's safety? I'm just... Here, so here's I've what, never been okay, to one. So I encourage... Let's walk the dog. Okay. Um, if you... Uh, this is what I... Uh, this was an argument I heard post. You're, you're a dad. You're a dad. I am. Your kid comes to you and says, Hey, I'm addicted to heroin. And, um, you know, I, I can't get off the thing. And now my other problem is I can't get clean needles. They use needles for heroin, right? Yes, no. heroin's a needle. I plant. can't find clean needles. You going to go out and buy them needles? I would probably not do that. Neither would I. I would probably push and pay for rehab. Right. You'd yeah. move heaven and earth. Right. The right. answer is right. hard. It Stop is telling me the easy way out is right. the way to fix this thing. Oh, no, I 100% agree. I mean, I could go down, I could do a whole tangent on how anything worth doing is hard. Right. Like, anything worth bettering yourself is hard. You get up every day, and you set a goal, and you chip away at it, and yes, it's hard. So if you're an addict, you have to be conscientious of it. If you're whatever it is, you have to be conscientious of it, set the goal, and chip away at it, and keep going, keep going, keep going. So I don't think that it's easy, and I don't think the government's saying, oh, yeah, we'll just create this building where it can be easy is a right. good idea. Right. I was just pushing back on the, the fact that it does exist in the world. More, I, I got you. Moreover, if, if what you do can, you, and what do you, whatever you incentivize, people do more of. They don't right. do less of, right? right? right. So if you're going to say this is okay, it's not as though it's going to go away because now there's these safe houses and 10 people were using it last week and now it's down to five people. No. It's going to be 20 people this week and then 100 next week. Absolutely. I mean, not that it's a bad thing, but you're seeing that with weed. You're seeing that as it legalizes people who are like, well, I, was, I wasn't, I wasn't going to do it because I couldn't, and now that it's legal, people are like, I'll do it. But, I mean, weed, they've proven it's not, that, it's not bad for you, but, like, heroin can kill you. Like, if you, right. if you get addicted right. to heroin and you miss a dose, you're done for, man. So didn't we try this? I'm sorry, Chris. I, uh, you got no, I'm good, I'm good. We tried this with methanol. Did Correct. We? The idea was, hey... We're going to get you off opioids, uh, get you on this methadose, methadone dosage, and then slowly taper it off, right? Yeah, but if you mess up the dose on methadone, it'll kill you instantly. Thank you, right? So we keep trying to dance around the fire and think that we're not going to get burned. It's not, there is, I don't know of a, first of all, uh, the the European brain and approach to life is is totally different from ours. Correct. So uh, it's a, there's, there's big culture, great call, great yeah. cultural difference between the way we think and they think. Absolutely. Also, Europe fits in Texas. So let's be clear. It's what's not, it, what's like in Texas? Europe fits. In Texas. Oh, okay, gotcha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, but, yeah, but, so but, right, yeah. But again, we can't we can't underestimate and, and discount the historical weight. Oh, 100%. percent. I'm just care. saying so like, they think differently than we do. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and, um, I just, you know, if uh, it's not going to work, I, I, I try to be a simple man. If it's not going to, if I wouldn't advise it to my kid, I'm not going to advise it to your kid. If I, if it's not going to be productive in a work environment that I'm in, I'm probably not inclined to encourage you to do that. And I don't see that happening by giving people free drugs or kits or needles or whatever. Yeah. hundred percent. I agree with you. I'm just. I was just pushing back for the sake of the fact that, no, that, that someone's going to hear it and go, That's a good pushback. That's a good like, push. No, it's, it's a great discussion. We, well, I shouldn't say it that way, uh, maybe Carrie and I, if you're going to have a safe house for that, you probably need to tie it as a gateway to rehab. So come in, okay? We'll start tapering you down. There's a safe place for you to do it, and then we're going to put you in rehab. What I, what I think, 
I would like to see, and this goes not only for physical drug addiction, but mental health issues as well, is more government involvement in a targeted way. And so I think that there's a, there's a definitely a need for um, a push for that. Um, if you want a good, good book slash podcast, um, I can't remember his name. I'll look it up. But the guy who wrote uh, San Francisco. Yeah. And uh, he talks about the, a way to address the mental health issue that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, you can tie that into the physical drug sure. piece as well. Um, but because it's difficult and because it's, um, you know, it's not sexy, I don't think, I mean, it doesn't get the traction. It just doesn't. Well, yeah, the things that the thing that I found this about the things that will fix the society, people don't want to talk about things like so. This is a different conversation altogether. But I was talking to somebody, and they were like, "We could fix hunger in poor countries and whatever." I'm like, "It's an infrastructure thing. They don't have roads. You can't get there. You want to raise money for something? Raise money for that." Like, well, that doesn't sound. I'm not gonna raise money for that. Like that. That's exactly why it's never gonna get fixed. Right. Because roads aren't sexy. Like. You know, they're just not. We have starving people here too, by the way. Well, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. right. In other words, you could put your effort into that too. Right, but I'm just from a more of a standpoint of like people don't want to, you know. Yeah. Oh well, we have poor people on on the streets. Let's build, let's build them houses. Let's get them jobs. Let's educate them and get them jobs to where they can fend for themselves. But let's not insult them and be like, hey, you're homeless. Let's get you a house so you can just sit at home and still be broke and poor and not be able to buy anything. Right. right. Good people don't raise money for that. Michael, that's not sexy. Michael Schellenberger, San Francisco. That's the guy. Schellenberger. Schellenberger. Let's, uh, let's also not pretend that a 2,000% increase of fentanyl coming across the southern border huh? has zero effect. Correct. Oh, 100%. So, you know, this is something that I learned back when I was uh, on active duty and, and working for an organization that did a bunch of research and, you know, went down to visit the show to South down in um, the Keys. Were you part of the agency? No, 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 no. But uh, it was it was eye opening, and uh, then actually getting down to go to Colombia and other places, and maybe I had heard it, but it didn't sink in that the drug war is a demand problem, not a supply problem. I mean, yep. the the given enough resources, we can shut down pretty much the supply, but we don't have enough. We don't do that. We don't give them the resources they need. Um, but it's a supply problem, or sorry, it's a demand problem. It's so demand you, you can't shut down the demand. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, and that goes with, you know, fentanyl, any of these drugs, alcohol, it's all demand problem. Yeah, absolutely. So. There's a scene in Percy Jackson. My daughter's listening. Wow. My daughter's listening to this. She'll, wow. she'll, she'll know exactly what school. I'm talking about. My Where, kids love like yeah, your gonna, Like your daughter's going to listen yeah, to Yeah, exactly. We're going to force them to listen. That's right. It's, it's, Hi, Carrie's daughter. Sit out and listen to this. Um, there's a scene where they ended up ended up in a party, mm. and they had the little lotus petal drinks or whatever. And it's basically they became trapped. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they're trapped in there. Yeah. And I I, I don't know the purpose behind that. It just it was an image that, oh, that yeah. blocked in my brain. Mm. But that's kind of what we're creating here. And this dependency where, and it's not so much, uh, let me just elevate it, it's not so much that we're creating dependency on drugs. More and more we're saying the government is going to give you the answer for this. And I'm I'm not 100% sure yet. I'm probably about 60 or 65% sure that I'm going to reject that position. So go back to what we were talking about earlier, the great experiment. The, the, how democracy thrives and 
we are the government. I would, right? I would, yeah, I was gonna say, I would push, I would push back a little bit on that, and the fact of like, the fact that we're dependent upon government is ridiculous. Correct. Like we as people, we're not driven anymore. We don't wake up and go, I'm gonna build my own, I'm gonna build my own castle. I'm gonna build my own, and then when things like drugs come into it, and somebody says, hey, if you do drugs. That you're time. not gonna you're not gonna be able to build your castle. Right. You're like, no, I'm not gonna do that because I want to build my castle. Right, right. You know, so, and if they give you something that you're like, okay, vi- like, okay, we like bourbon, obviously. If somebody's like, hey, but if you drink too much of it, we're gonna take your castle away. You're like, okay, I'm not gonna drink too much of it because I'm still building my castle. Right. But people will become dependent upon them and be like, but the government's still gonna give me four thousand dollars a month, even if I don't go build a castle. As a matter of fact, it's more cost effective for me to not build a castle. because yep. I'm gonna get a check. Than it is for me to go build a castle. I'm just gonna hang out right here. Yeah. So yep. like we we're not driven anymore. We as we as people are not driven anymore. We as Americans are not driven anymore. Yeah, but I think the like, another part of that is is how did we become to rely on the government? You think about how the poor, how how the indigent were cared for previously. Um and when did that transition take place? A great book, uh, I forget, is How the Catholic Church Built Western Civilization by Thomas Woods. It talks about how the Catholics founded the universities, but the hospital systems as well. And that's where people, I mean, people took, got taken care of by the community. And it was, you know, hey, so-and-so is down or, you know, whatever. We're just, we'll take care of this person or these people. So where has that spirit gone? If it's... There is the spirit of I'm going to build my castle, right. right? But there's also the spirit of I'm going to help my neighbor, right? So rugged individualism versus kind of community. But even even you know. even the American almost myth, I'm not in a, in a bad way, American myth of rugged individualism, mm-hmm. also was about a helping hand, was it not? Well, the assumption was that you know you you take care of you and your family and whatever else you've got. Well, maybe yeah. Then out of that, I can help others. But yeah, yeah. But well, I, also, I also thought it, I thought it was a part of, you know, if I'm out here blazing a trail, you're out here blazing a trail as well. Well, the, also the idea used to be, and you know, there's you see kind of a shift turning in some businesses with this. But the people that lace their shoes up and go to work every day were the people. So politicians were responsible for those people, not the people with the most money, not the businesses and the corporations. They were responsible for the people that laced their shoes up and paid the taxes. It's a Wonderful Life. It's my favorite movie. The people that do which, most of the living and the dying. Which one? What movie? It's, it's wonderful a Wonderful Life. life. Oh yeah. Where he, George Bailey's yelling at Mr. Yep. Potter. Right, Those right, people, right. they do most of the living and the dying in this community. Yeah. So people used to be responsible for those people. The people that laced up their shoes went to work. And now, those people have no voice. And instead of, people just, the government just assumes. They just assume, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give him a check. I don't want a check. I'm going to give him a cell phone. I'm just going to give him a cell phone. I don't want a cell phone. So, I, I would so like some safety. I would like some this. Nah, you don't want that. Maybe, you want. maybe the defining image, and this is not a partisan thing, it's just the image is Nancy Pelosi in front of her ice cream. Yeah. You know, and you're like, how out of touch are you? So It's other, not just Nancy. I'm just, I'm just, that's just the, the image I have in my, my head. So the, so the other image I was thinking, I was... I, I was Gonna give you kudos if we ended up with the same image. Oh, um, I feel bad. Was uh, Norman Rockwell? Um, uh, I think it was that evening post, and um, most likely since he did well, the covers for that. Yeah, but he also did another series, and it may not have been Saturday Evening Post. Hence yeah. the pregnant pause in there. Um, but basically, it's a uh, community meeting, 
everyone sitting in their chairs and facing the the front and one guy standing up and clearly speaking yeah. and others are looking up at him and there he is with a copy of the bill in his pocket and he's got a you know he's got the rough hewn hands and the look of of a the the guy that did most of the living and dying and he's standing there articulating his position in front of his community exercising his freedom of right. speech right and um maybe that's the the important piece there right it's exercising which yeah. means you have to develop that you have to that's a good point mature that into something that's usable and, we have um, strayed far from sports by the way yeah well i'm gonna i'm gonna circle back to comedy and then i'm gonna circle back to sports so at some point in time you had no one to walk away there's a uh tim allen who's a very funny comedian but yeah. now that he's super rich he's not he doesn't he doesn't do santa very well so he he goes to this club and he's, his first joke is Oh, my Ferrari didn't start. And you're like, you're at a club of people that are literally having to count their dollars to pay for their bills. It's like, okay, it's time for you to walk away from this. You can't, you can't relate to these people. So then you circle back to sports and the fact that there's a lot of people walking away from the game. And you got a lot of coaches walking away from the game. You got Brady walking away from the game. Yeah. So at what point in time do you know it's time to walk away? At what point in time have you grown out of representing the people that you need to represent? You know what I'm saying? Like, you, so you, you see Sean Payton. See, I told you to bring it back to sports. Nice job. You see Sean Payton leaving the Saints. And people Correct. are like, oh, well, he's a great coach. It's like, yeah, but you did what you were supposed to do. Can you do it twice? You know, you built this great Super Bowl winning team. Drew Brees left. You had a terrible year. It's time to walk away, dude. Give somebody else another chance. You can't have people sitting in this thing and going, why isn't the sport getting better? You got coaches that have been coaches for 40 years. Yeah, so... um Oh, man, I'm messing up. The kid that's not a kid anymore, redhead, uh, snowboarder. Oh, Sean White. Sean White. Just won the Olympics today, didn't he? Won the gold medal. Oh, thanks for totally messing me up. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see it. I, I, I fell asleep before. I nothing saw wrong with that, that man. With it's all Seriously, good. nothing wrong with that. Didn't but, he win the he, Olympics in the middle of the day? <laughs> thanks, no, it was late, last night I saw He was it. in a meeting. Be quiet. I was in a meeting. Uh, so he's walking away. Yeah. Enough's should, enough. Yeah, you know exactly. I've Walk away. Let some young people come up and and do what they've got to do. And I've I've advanced the sport as far as I can. All you guys do have it. done is is, man, like thrown a grenade in the room and pulled the pin. I mean, this is because because so much stuff we could talk about here. And one of them that comes to mind is, you know, the Olympics is one area we can go down. Sports and what sports people get paid is another area you can go down. Oh yeah. Right, I mean, how much does the average sports guy relate to his fan, right? right. Based on what the money they make, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it is fascinating when you see people who can, who have the, what is that, self awareness, the maturity, to understand that it's time for me to move on and, and yeah. go do something so else. So I'm kind of jealous because I don't think I'm there yet. Oh, I'm never going to be there. I, my wife and I argue about it all the time. She goes, "What? At what point in time is enough enough?" Right. And in my head, I'm like, it's never enough because I keep setting goals. You know, I have, so I like, I literally in my office, I have a vision board and she's like, that wasn't up there last week. I was like, yeah, I just thought of it today. And she's like, get the stuff off the board and just call it a day. I'm like, I can't, you know, it's just the way that I am. So I understand. Okay. I envy people like that. Though. Well, okay. So there's a flip side to that though, right? So I'm looking at what I consider to be two very successful gentlemen sitting across from me. And uh, I have a feeling that your upbringings were probably a little different than mine in the sense that somehow very young you learned about discipline, 
goals, right? Absolutely. Hard work. It's the way it looks. I don't know if it's true. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I tell the story, that, and my dad's never going to listen to this, so I can actually tell the story, and I'm not yeah. feeling embarrassed. But so I wanted a video camera when I was 13. You want a video camera? Wanted. I was like, Dad, I really want wanted a, a video camera. I go, Dad, okay. I really want a video camera. Yeah. Because he goes, what do you want for your birthday? I was like, I want a video camera. He goes, I'm not going to buy that for you. And I go, why not? He goes, I'm just not going to buy it. If you want it, go earn it. So I said, Dad, can I borrow your lawnmower? And I mowed lawns all summer for this stupid-ass video camera. Rich Dad poured it. And I got to the end of the summer, and Dad goes, all right, I'll take you to buy a video camera. You've earned more than enough money. I said, I don't want it anymore. I, I earned this money. I don't, I don't <laughs> want this video camera. Video I don't want this video camera no more. Uh, and then I started to learn, it's like, hey, when you want something, if you work hard enough for it, like, you can get it. And you, it was much more rewarding to have it, have the money and know that I could go get it than to have gotten it and just been like, oh, I have it. I'm just going to throw it to the side. Like, and very early on, my dad taught me that, like, forever and always, my dad has always been like, I'm not going to give it to you, but if you want it, I'll stand side by side with you. I mean, I remember there was this, this is a rabbit hole of the story, but there was this one yard that I bit off more than I could chew. And because the guy was like, I'll give you 50 bucks to do my yard. And this yard was awful. It's like there were trees and fence posts. It was godly awful. And I, I was like, Dad, this guy jipped me. And he goes, well, you gave me your word. You've got to go do it. And my dad was there doing the whole thing for 50 bucks. And he stood side by side with me to do it. And I raised the money. And then at the end, I was like, no, nah, dude, I, I did this guy's yard. I'm not spending it on this video camera. <laughs> so, yeah. like, you know, you, you learned the, the value of a dollar. Yeah, the value of a dollar and the discipline of, like, you said you were going to do it, do it. Get out there and do and, it. And, you know, if you really want it, go go for it. So, I mean, yeah, my, my dad was very, whether he meant to or not, very early on. It was very much discipline, what you want, go get it, set a goal, keep going, set a goal, keep going. Sure. So I had a, uh, I had, and still do, a broken relationship with my dad. Sure. Um, so that put my mom, uh, front and center from what you've told me, a very strong person. Yeah. Still, still to this day, um, was elated at the fact that she, in her senior age, went to the doctor and he's like, there's nothing wrong with you. She said, of course there's nothing wrong with me. (laughs) 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 Um, but I, in hindsight, I realized that, yeah, I did, I did learn a lot about hard work and, um, and. I guess the importance in that, and it's funny we, we ended up on this topic, but the importance in, in that upbringing was the value of family. Yeah. yeah. Because um, as, as much as we try to get away with it and, and try and, uh, you know, talk about BLM, at least what their, auspice, right. what their position was on the nuclear family Correct. and try to get rid of it, we are a, a product of that. And, yeah. so, and and by that definition, our children are a product of that. And so that's that's how we perpetuate the culture. Anyway, family was important. And so, you know, coming up, it was, uh, it was my, well, my grandmother, I guess we call it Big Mama, and um, my, you know, my aunts and uncles and so on and so forth. And they were all hard workers. And, you know, you guys are old enough to remember In Living Color. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they'd make fun of the Jamaican because he had, he's like, how many jobs do you got? He said, oh, I got one job. He's like, you got one job? I got <laughs> six jobs. And that was the norm for West Indian Americans in Brooklyn in the 1990s. You know, I mean, you, you came up here, you were yeah. hustling. Um, and, uh, yeah, so what was it, the line? Uh, everybody had their nine to five, and their five to nine. Right, there was yeah. always something on the side that you were hustling to do. Interesting. And the 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 big thing was always just being able to provide for your family, sure, whatever right. that was. Sure. And so that's kind of. I mean, you also set yourself apart from 
so Warren Buffett has a statement. I'm pretty sure it's quoted in Warren Buffett. But if you lose your job, you're if you only have one hustle, so you just have a nine to five job, you're one mistake away from being homeless. Yeah. Because if you lose your nine to five job, you're done. Bro. You're hosed. But yep. if you have multiple sources of income, yeah. and you lose one, you're you're done. You're, you're all right. I walk away. Like the guy, the guy that makes our church swag. So I I picked up some church swag for the youth group. They're going to um, they're going to DYC. I picked up some new swag. And I go, hey, I need to go pick up some swag. He goes, all right, well, I'm cleaning this on this day, and I'm doing this on this day, and I'm doing this. I'm like, dude, you are hustling. He goes, yeah, man, I got to keep it. I got, I got all these things going. I'm like, all right, so when can I get it? And he, like, he fit me into this 25-minute window. He's like, you got to be here within this 25 <laughs> minutes, or I'm not going to be able to drop it to you. I was like, okay, man, I, I got it. But like, there, you got to respect that, that level of setting goals and chipping away at it every day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, you, if you go to work from 9 to 5 for somebody else, and you come home and you can't put in 20 minutes or 30 minutes towards your own goal. Yeah. What are you doing? Right. You're them. working for somebody yeah. else. Yeah. So I didn't. Did that? Was that your experience? No. First coming no, up? Totally or? Experience. Okay. I lost my dad before my second birthday. The week before my second birthday. He oh my. Died in Vietnam. And uh, my mom, I, my mom is the most resilient person I know. I don't know how she, she did that. I just don't know. Uh, I know we lived in the same town as my grandma and grandpa and her parents. And uh, they were well off. My grandfather was a very wealthy person. Um, I, I learned later that he helped greatly. But I remember growing up, I had a, several times a distinct fear of falling between the cracks. Like I knew we were different. Just it was just me and my mom. My mom remarried for a short period, but that was not a good good experience. Um, so yeah, totally different experience. Um, the idea of setting goals. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't there. And, and there's I mean, there's, there's no blame. I'm not blaming my mother. It's just life and. Uh, very different experience from, from what I hear you guys discussing. Uh, my wife, God bless her, she's a saint. She'll end up in heaven well before me. Um, she would ask me, and this was when I was flying operationally in the Air Force, and she'd say, well, what do you want to do, you know, 10 years from now? I'm like, well, I'm going to be a pilot. I'm going to fly. I'll fly for the airlines. You know, I didn't even think about it. Just no planning, just, you know, whatever. And then life happens, and things got... You know, we went through some medical issues, and I wasn't, I didn't, I stopped flying early on in my, about halfway through my career. Um, but yeah, so, so I've had to, in my opinion, learn things later in life that you guys learned early in life. Right. So when it comes to, when Andrew talks about, you know, you know, just working on a five, well, you know, I've learned that I got to put, I got to put in time after that to do other stuff. And then I got to take care of my, my wife and my house and, I mean, it's it's at you know fifty plus years old. It's it's a rude awakening to go. Oh, well, this is what it means to work. Yeah. Because quite frankly, I mean, not that I didn't work in the military. It's just a different kind of work. Different kind. Yeah. Different kind of work. Working for yourself is harder than I. I truly working for somebody else has its merit and it's tiring. But working for yourself is a different animal altogether. As far as like, you have to get yourself up off the mat every day and yeah. go. Okay, right. I'm going to keep pushing myself forward and I'm going to so, keep doing this. So one of the things that I didn't learn early on was how to lose. Right? I avoided failure because I was told that failure was bad. Failure is failure. Um, which put me in the mindset of uh, I have to be perfect. Oh. And I remember I got to pilot training and I failed my T-37 mid-phase check ride. It was your very, very first check ride in pilot training, but way back when. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. But 
then recovered. Everything was fine. Um, but yeah, I just remember that was my, my first my first instinct. But but there was a goal to get through pod Sure. Get yeah. through pod and, yeah. and and I, I did fine after that. Um, but it wasn't until later to life later in life that you know what does it mean to lose and how you know what. I guess I wish I had had somebody, a mentor, earlier on yeah. to say, look, losing is about learning what doesn't work and what does. Right? Those are learning experiences. Those are those are opportunities, not not a not a blight on your character. Things to avoid. And and, and look, I'm I'm not gonna cast aspersions on my family, but my family was very much failure is a you know, <laughs> a blight upon your person, mm. not a way to learn. Yeah, I mean that's unless you. Again, my dad's never gonna watch this, so I can say this. I watched my as a man. I watched my dad fail a lot yeah. and just roll with it. There's a lot of times I like. I look back now as a new parent. I got a four month old, and I go, "How did my dad figure this out?" And then I kind of like look back. I'm like, "He didn't know anything." No, he did not. But like, he, I just I know that he rolled with it. And then now I'm kind of like, okay, so I just gotta fake it till you just make fake it. it, man. I just gotta roll with it. I'm gonna figure this out. So long as at the end of the day, I can pro- I can set a goal and keep providing. And I right. can keep I can provide something other than just right, right, right. you know. To me, I I tell people I'm I'm an idiot. Especially if you if I stand next to my wife, you're just like, dude, you're really dumb. But I will outwork anybody. Like all day long, I will outwork. I will outwork. I will outwork. And if I can right. instill that in somebody, that is true. You will. Yeah. You then, will. So we're also lucky. I don't know how we get on the topic. Sorry. But we're also... Uh, well, we're deep in the rabbit hole. We are. We're deep. Um, we're, I shouldn't say lucky. We're also blessed to have women that, uh, that um, are smart enough to know how we are motivated and how we are oh, yeah. deflated. And when I said something to my wife, I think, oh, it was last night. And she just stood there and she looked at me and I was like, yep, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I will say there are plenty of times when my wife comes me and goes, "They let you fly airplanes," <laughs> and, and that's when you go, "Yeah, I'm not as smart as I think I am." Yeah, you know, right. there, there's a lot to learn. And, you know, I'm thankful for the friendship of you guys because you've taught me a lot about what it means to to learn and to fail and to, to what failure is not a bad thing. Failure is a, a, a way to learn, and it's, and and it's part of life. And I I absolutely did not instill that in my children. I'll be brutally honest. Did not instill that in my children. I mean, it's hard. I mean, because I didn't experience it. Wasn't my experience. My yeah, point. but even I mean, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna assume. I assume that your daughter's life isn't as hard as your life was because you were just like, I'm gonna try everything in my power to not let her have that life. Because I mean, I see it kind of. There's a lot of things that my, my wife and I talk. You know, our, our son's coming up, and she's like, we should put him in private school. It's like I wasn't in private school, but to me, I'm kind of like, but. Maybe my son will be better off if he was in private school. You know what I mean? Like, do you, so you start to see those little things that yeah. they shaped me. Right. But I'm gonna try to make him avoid better. it. Right. So yeah. you know, hard times make better people. They yeah. just do. It yeah. it depends. It depends. I mean, I think there are things that you can you can say. I'm gonna send my kid to public school to learn a lesson. Right. That's great. But unless you're supplementing that with actual no kidding education. Right. But then I'm, then. You know, you're going to run into issues later on. Right. I'm just saying, from a standpoint of, you just want your kids to have better. Like, who doesn't? Right. That's so that, that's what I was going to say. Because I don't know the culture that I've ever visited, observed, been part of, read about, whatever, 
where a parent doesn't want better 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 for their right. kid. Right? I mean, my grandfather installed doors, like he, you know, the automatic doors. Yeah. Like that was his business. He installed yeah. doors. Yeah. I and my dad never made me install doors. But right. you talk about that. My dad talked about the stories of like, yeah, in the summers I'd go work with my dad, and I would install doors. Like I never had to do that. Yeah. It, you know so, what I'm saying? So we like movies. Um. John Adams. I think it was oh, on HBO. Yeah, Paul John, Giamatti. Yeah, John Paul Giamatti. Right, and yeah. so he's in France. Yes. And they're speaking French. Yeah. And someone asks him whether or not really? he got exactly mm-hmm. go figure. They're they're, they're speaking <laughs> French. They're in uh, France and they're yeah, speaking Russian. Russian. Uh, uh, Mr. Adams, uh, do you go to the opera? And it's translated to him, and then he says, "No, I do not." And of course, they all kind of poo-poo him, yeah, snicker, yeah. and laugh at him, and then. Adams, uh, having looked at Franklin, then says, um, uh, I must study law and agriculture so my children can learn mathematics and science and industry so that my grandchildren can learn architecture and whatever else so that my great-grandchildren can go to the opera. Exactly. (laughs) All right. The vision. That's a good place to end. It's a good I'll, place I'll to like end. That. Gentlemen, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure. I tell you what, um, I look forward to doing this a lot more often. <laughs> I do too. This is awesome. Yeah, it is. Cheers. All right, guys. Cheers. One B in Dude. the books. Yes. One B. Congratulations. Hey, I can't wait to go all over the place with you guys again. All right. All right. Next week. Cheers. Thanks. Out. Peace.